See something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badassery. Why? Just why? Come to kettle whistle radio for real on Society 13 Networks. Chimps, chumps, and challengers. Is that what I usually say? Um, I don't think that's what you say at all. No, that offends people, but no. Who cares? Oh, but don't be Folks, so politically friends correct. and fiends, hey, how are you? Are we good? Uh, we're good. Hopefully, we're good. Are we sure? <laughs> I'm choking over here. Oh, my God. Hey, well, we're doing this thing today. Um, because we got stuff to announce, and I'm doing something today that I, I, I hate doing. Oh, boy, he really hates doing this. I hate doing Ugh. something I, what I hate most about radio, actually. One of the, one of the few, many, many things I hate about radio, but one of the things I hate most is a show where all they do is talk about upcoming shows. It drives me nuts. I hate it. An announcement show. A show about announcements. The crowd is at the studio door. They hate us. us. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So, yeah. All right. So, I guess on with the announcements, right? Um, (laughs) We got... uh, Many announcements. Well, (laughs) director Johnny Daggers will be on later on from Dagger Vision Films, and he's currently working on Blood on the Real, which is going to be a fantastic movie, documentary, on making independent films and the difficulty of doing so. Right. And of course, having a dog in the studio, anything can happen. Yes. <clears throat> She's gearing up for a nice little bark, that, that Jet Marie. Jet Marie tearing apart her toys. Uh, yes. <clears throat> but, moving on. We'll hear about Blood on the Real in a little bit. Um, coming up, we've got a legend of industrial rock music. Yes, we do. Right. I'm very excited about this yes. one. Anybody remember? You remember Ruby? I remember Ruby. I know you do. <laughs> I okay. love, I love the her, album Salt Peter. That was her band name. Leslie Rankin will be will be on. She was going to be on sooner, but lots of things are happening. She has a lot of birthdays going on within her family, apparently, all at once. We all know what that's like, folks. Ugh, yes. yes, it is. It's, it's <laughs> difficult. <laughs> but we're going to be celebrating 20 years of her album, her breakthrough album, Salt Peter, um, which is, for my my take on it, is the female version of Pretty Hate Machine. Yes. It's, it's of- like the, it's her like taking it back and saying, you know what, you guys suck too. But, um, we're gonna, we're gonna hear it from her. I could be very wrong. I may offend her with what I just said. However, I doubt it because she's a sweetheart. And I want to talk some Silverfish, which is her punk rock band. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Aren't you yeah. interested in what she's doing right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's nice to see somebody that 20 years ago had such an epic album. And it's still working in the industry and contributing. I think that's very exciting. It's as gonna well. be a good one. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Want to see what she's working on now? 
Absolutely. I, I can't wait. Um, let's see here. On top of that, we're going to have another celebrity down the road here who has a new album. You heard a little tiny bit of it. Well, actually, you heard the song before on earlier shows. Um, Black December is Eric Powell's new project. Eric Powell, formerly of 16 Volt. He is the man behind 16 Volt. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, we're talking you know, 20 years of music there with him and them. I could see why he wanted to start with something fresh, but we're going to hear from him eventually. Yes. And you'll be hearing Division of Hate later on in the show uh, from Black December. He's very excited about it. I'm very excited for him. What a nice guy. And um, I think they're, are they opening up um, a few shows for a KMFDM? You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I, yes. I think I saw that somewhere. Yes. Um, I think he posted that on Facebook. I'm I, not I, sure I asked him if it was what cool the dates are. to talk about it, and he said they have three dates with KMFDM. Okay. It's not like they're on tour with them, but it, Right. Me, I saw there were a couple dates posted. I wasn't quite sure of the... If you have three dates with, you know, uh, the megalomaniacs themselves... That's touring with KMFDM. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And so, good for them. That's awesome. Good for Eric, man. He's had a couple of tough years, but he's bouncing back strong. Absolutely. Uh, coming up, too, we're going to have the return of author Lydia Peaver. Wants to come back and do Wax Teeth with us. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Wax Teeth what? was where we covered these unheard of or indie movies. Um, we're going to do one that's kind of, I'm not sure. I don't want to talk about it just yet. But she came back out of the woodwork and is hungry to do a podcast again. She came out of hiding in the Great White North. Pretty much. Yes. Pretty much. There uh, you go. Author of Night Face. <laughs> Night Face, which is a very unique horror novel. Look it up, folks. If you want to read a unique vampire novel. That's what I'm saying right now. That's what I should have said. Uh, but we'll be talking with her soon. Uh, she has ideas. I'm not sure where we're going to go with it yet, but Lydia Peaver will be back. Now, um, I do have, let's see, we're going to get, we, we have a, a couple of guest callers tonight, one very shortly, but uh, I do want to add this. I, I, there is a good horror movie out, and of all people, Drew Barrymore is behind it. And I watched Drew it. Barrymore? Are you kidding me? She loves horror Gertie? Movies. She, oh. she loves horror movies. Oh, she was in Donnie Darko. Yeah. yeah. But that's not really a horror movie, but yeah. <laughs> it's pretty but, horrific. But I'm that, sorry. <laughs> she, back in the day, she wanted to redo the movie The Boogans and give it justice like the book did, which is a cellular novel that I own. Um, she was a big fan of that. She's a fan of old horror, meaning in her day and our day, too. She's not that much younger than us um, in the 80s. She wants to go back to the monster movies, and mm. she did. She produced this movie called Animal, and it was a badass movie. I recommend anybody that's you know wants a straightforward monster flick with characters you actually care about and relate to or absolutely hate, and it's unpredictable, it's fun, it's violent. Oh. Uh, yeah, check out Animal. Drew Barrymore produced it. It's on Netflix now. They're very proud of it themselves. The, that whole crew, I twittered with them a few times. And Def Leppard probably has the perfect theme song for oh. that. Just saying. Oh, 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 oh. I had to go there. It's like, <laughs> it's like my least favorite. Oh. Animal. Oh, come on. You know what? Anywho. Anywho. Anywho, you. Uh, so, yeah, but we're going to get a, a little talk from uh, our girl on the streets of Austin, and not literally living on the streets, but rocking them. I <laughs> know she's not um, living on the streets. <laughs> our buddy. Erica Skew. Exactly. Who we haven't talked to in a while. We have a lot of, it's interesting, things coming together again after Lo- 100. Lovely lady who was originally from uh, the Pittsburgh area. Who like relocated to Texas. 100 episodes, we have, you know, the return of some folks again. It's nice to see things come full circle. Yes. And um, we'll be hearing from, well, she attended the South by Southwest. This oh. Probably her right now, right now, I think. Let's see. Um, hello, ghost phone. Ghost phone, hello. 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 Is hello. It, hey, how you doing? hey, hey. How are you? 
Very good. Very hey, good. Hey, how are you doing? Awesome. That, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Miss D. Yeah, you got Miss D. How are you? I'm doing good. You got Miss D awesome. out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we're doing our little uh, announcement show. There's been there's a few things happening today, and uh, you're on it. So um, we understand you attended okay. South by Southwest. Yeah, sure did. Yeah, I went to three different events. Okay, so the first thing I went to, uh, HBO had the Game of Thrones exhibit. Shut the front year. door. They did really? it last year. They did it again this year. It was a little bit different than last year, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. So we got down there. It was, uh, in a bar downtown next to Anton's. So we get down there. There's a line, like, wrapping around the building. Okay. So we get down there, hanging out. We see people going in, but we don't see people coming out. We're like, what exactly is going on here? Right. So, so we're going in, and uh, that was pretty cool. Um, now, like last year, they had like a bunch of costumes and uh, a bunch of like neat memorabilia stuff. But uh, this year, they had what well, was a sampling of their Three-Eyed Raven beers coming out next month. Oh, cool. After yeah, after the uh, season premiere, I guess the Omega Gang. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't know, but because uh, <laughs> brewery, they make uh, these different Game of Thrones beers. So yeah, they're having this three-eyed rave, and that was a pretty good beer. I really enjoyed that. So it's Game of Thrones beer. It's Game of Thrones beer. Oh my god! Are you a fan? Are you yeah. watching the show? I am watching the show. I read the books and I watch them. Oh, badass! All right. <laughs> I, I should have guessed that. Me too. Me too. It's one of the best things ever. Um, so, all right. So, this was the interactive portion. We did. This was the not the last day of the interactive for South by Southwest. Very cool. Yeah, I should I should add we we found your flyer from back in the day, Foxy Death Box opening for the Cheats. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Erica, one of the founding members of Foxy Death Box, one of the first punk rock bands to play, one of the first bands ever, the first band ever to play our basement, Helms Deep. And yeah, she's, she's a badass musician, her and her sister. And of course, yeah, your, your husband too. Oh, thank you, guys, for kind of you. Absolutely. Well, we always had a good time. Like, seriously, I was just talking about this the other day. I'm like, my top five places in the world definitely help deep balls on the top. <laughs> we appreciate that. We appreciate that. <laughs> you guys are definitely a stop on the tour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll strike that one up, man. That's well, awesome. Well, the decorations are awesome in yeah, Helm's man. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, South by Southwest. Uh, I, I, we'll put games, Game of Thrones aside for a moment. And Game of Thrones yeah, beer. Let's talk about music. That's here. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I just what? What kind of what kind of music could you make on Games of Thrones beer? That's <laughs> that's the crazy part. Actually, we ended up going out, which you know, as everybody knows, it's amateur night. But however, we ended up going out on St. Patrick's Day. But uh, yeah, we saw a band uh, at a bar down here called the Red Eye Fly, and uh, they were called Making Okay. Which is funny, the story how we ended up finding out about this guy. He was on a Lyft driver that morning. <laughs> and he said that his band was playing about 2 o'clock. Like, now this bar. And we're like, okay, cool. We went from one bar. Like, oh, let's go see this guy. So I down. He played drums. There's this gal singing. And they had a uh, looped, uh, like, uh, like, drum track going along with it, too. It was interesting. It was kind of like performance already. Okay. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. And they were called what? Uh, making okay. Making okay. Kind of like, kind of like karaoke, but making uh, okay. okay. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> it was cool. Very neat. I'll take but your no, word for that. I'll look them up. But, 
who I just said the word neat. Great man. I can't say enough good things about Kia Carrera. It's not to be confused with the chick from Wayne's. (laughs) I was just going to ask, like, what? (laughs) We've actually talked about that before. I wonder how many people they lose because of that, though. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God. Like, hey, wait a minute. I'll see you some hot chick out there. <laughs> but, no, they're awesome. They're a uh, three-piece instrumental band. Our buddy Kurt plays bass in that band. And they're kind of like psychedelic, almost kind of like a classic rock sound to them. They've been around for about, what, 15 years. Wow. But, wow. Yeah. I, I believe it's the same two guys in the band. They kind of have like a rotating bass player. But, uh, no, they were really good. We saw them down at what, Scooter on Sunday. They played a free show. Nice. Cool, cool. All right, so what else you got? Uh, let's see. There's another band, Skycrawler, that played that we saw. Sky- and they're like metal with keyboards, mm-hmm. which is kind of a... I thought it was an interesting kind of mashup there. But yeah, this guy played keyboards. He had a bunch of different, you know, like pedals and stuff. It was a, what, five-piece band, two guitarists, bass player, drums. They were, they were really good, too. I enjoyed them a lot. Who would you compare them to? Like, what do they sound like? Uh, they were kind of, how can I compare it to? Or what can I compare it to? Kind of sounded almost like old collect vocals. Okay. With kind of, kind of like, uh, hmm, I don't know who I could compare them to. Uh, Which is kind of a good thing. Just kind of like good, like solid, good solid metal out there. All right, so we'll just take your word for it. Awesome. Uh, uh, Their name? Yes, definitely check them out too. They're cool. And their name again is Uh, Skycrawler. Skycrawler. I will look them up. Very cool. All right. What else you got? Um, Guantanamo Baywatch. (laughs) That's a great name. name (laughs) They win already. (laughs) They win. They're one of my favorites right now, honestly, on time of Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Just from the name, it's amazing. And they're a surf rock band. They're a surf rock band out of California. Oh, so okay. Cool. It's a three-piece band. Nice. Is it like a Jack, really like Jack Johnson on vocals, or is it better than that? Oh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, like punk rock, like uh, punk rock, surf rock. Okay. Nice. Uh, that yeah, sounds very really interesting. I like. I love this... Little, this, what would you call it? This uh, variety you've got for us is just. I love yeah. that I couldn't think it's of like the word. Like a musical variety. smorgasbord. I like that the word variety <laughs> was like a, a new concept for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> you got, yeah, more. Okay, my number one all-time favorite right now, man called Shannon and the Clams. Okay. Wait, what is they, it? Shannon, like, Shannon and the Clams. Oh. Shannon and the Clams, favorite okay. band right now. You have they to explain. Super catchy songs. They are kind of like punk doo-wop. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. Yeah, so they have like kind of like this doo-wop kind of sound, but then they're talking about like warlocks in the woods and, you know, <laughs> dating a guy and killing him and, you know, leaving his body behind and being born in a toxic uh, graveyard or not graveyard, a It's like a very twisted Led Zeppelin or something, like you know, the Battle of Evermore, or like only only severely distorted. <laughs> Just the lyric content is what I was talking about. But... Feel good with a bucket of blood. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know what an interesting an interesting comments you would get wearing that shirt? Shannon and the clams. I'm like, is that a good restaurant in Massachusetts? Like, it would yes. sound like a seafood restaurant. I wear their t-shirts, and every time I wear it, I get a compliment on it. Yeah. Like, what does your shirt say? That's awesome. Because it's just like a big cat head on the front of the shirt. Oh, nice. And the clams. <laughs> on that every note. Every time I wear it, it's like, hey. Fantastic. They're like, what's wrong with that girl? <laughs> All right. Hey, once again, Erica Skew, our girl on the streets of Austin. Thank you so much for chiming in. We appreciate it. The, and the South by Southwest report. Are you kidding me? Of it's course. great to hear from you. Always. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back, folks. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that's well here in the dark. With the initial smoke cleared from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to his predecessor. Get ready for new Truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www. FairlyDarkProductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs>
are back, and uh, we have a, our special guest with us right now uh, via Annapolis. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi, David and Miss D. Hi. Hi. We got uh, Johnny Daggers himself, the famous director of Dagger Vision, and we have, well, I don't know, there's, you have so much work under your belt, but right now, blood on the reel, blood on the reel is the thing that's happening for real. Uh, you want to give us an update? Very, very exciting. Yeah, man. Um, and you're working with Michael Kine. Yeah. And Bianca Elaine. And his lovely wife, Bianca, yeah. Yes. And so now, how? what is the total amount of directors that you've been interviewing for this, this project? Now, again, the, pre- uh, the premise, too, you probably want to give that again. I We talk about it, but... Right. Uh, well, the premise around Blood on the Real is the hardships that filmmakers face uh, in the indie world, you know, be it lack of budget, uh procuring locations, staffing issues, you name it. I mean, there's a thousand scenarios of things that can go wrong when filming an independent picture. And unfortunately, a lot of the movies never see the light of day. And a lot of the production companies don't make it past their first feature film. They end up breaking up due to internal turmoil. And luckily, with Dagger Vision, we've been around for five years now. And I have always said that if the five-year anniversary ever came, and we were lucky enough to make it that long that I wanted to have something special to give back to the fans. So I started reflecting. I relocated from Pittsburgh uh, to Maryland a little over a year ago. And with that, I left my previous staff behind, had to reformat the entire company. And uh, I really didn't know what I was going to be doing. Um, and I started thinking back over the years of Dagger Vision, how I nearly got arrested for filming without permits and disturbing <laughs> the peace, and how I nearly got shot by a military officer for oh filming without permission on government property, and all these crazy uh, occurrences that had happened to me. And I thought, you know, I could go back and re-release Stanley Night Feast or Caustic Zombies or maybe get back together with Brian and do a special tablet of tells release or something and talk about our stories uh, as special features. But then it dawned on me that I had something bigger, uh, that the majority of my filmmaking friends, uh, no matter how successful, have all faced the same issues. And this would make good documentary footage. So I reached out to initially just a hand few of filmmakers who I thought would be interested. And the next thing you know, it snowballed into, currently I have over 55 Oh, my God. I didn't realize uh, it was that many. Wow. Yeah, it's over footage of nearly, uh, coming up on 60 filmmakers total. Uh, but we've, you know, we have the cutoff now. There's no more entries. We're in post-production. And quite frankly, as much as I hate to do it, obviously I can't fit 55 filmmakers into a film. I can't see I, the editing. The editing alone sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I mean it's, it is, but I, I I have enough footage. If I really wanted to, I could make put on the real part two, three, and four probably with all sure. the footage I have. But I don't. I just want to pick the best of the best footage, and you know, a lot of people. Everybody had great stories, some more in depth than others, and unfortunately, with that many people, I'm only going to be able to pick and choose the best. You know, the best as far as the stories 
because documentaries can become boring, and I don't want to fall into that pitfall of having a boring documentary. So I'm picking the best of the best, and that's what you'll see, and that's some of the other excerpts that don't get put in the director's cut will be added DVD footage, you know. But again, not all of that could even be DVD. The extras. <laughs> so. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you know, we're, we're in the midst of an, an announcements show, uh, right, Ms. D? Yes, we yeah, are. And uh, we have a lot going on. Uh, we're going to have a friend of yours on soon, which we were talking about a little earlier, um, Ruby Leslie Rankin. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it looks like we're recording in the That'll next week exciting. or two. Yeah, she got back with me. She's very excited to do it. 20 years of um, of uh, Salt Peter, the album. You know, yeah, and, that's insane. I remember yeah. I interviewed her when that album first came out. Right. Crazy to think, and now you're you're having her on your show. So yeah, awesome. what well, comes around goes around. Uh, yeah, how was she when you talked to her? Oh, she was kind. I mean, honestly, I mean, that was 20 years ago. I honestly hardly remember the details of the interview, other than that she was very kind. Um, but yeah, that was back. I was doing a publication called Golgotha Magazine, right. and uh, she was one of the very first few people that I interviewed. She. Uh, her, her PR company was Formula PR. They did all the promotion for Interscope Records. And uh, so they were kind enough to put me in correspondence with her. We did a phone interview, and she I remember her being lovely. And I probably still have that cassette tape archived somewhere as for the interview. Well, uh, somewhere. We're actually very excited about one that you sent to us. Uh, Ms. D, I know, is very interested in the Robert Smith interview. Oh, yeah. What is that about? Yeah. I didn't know that. She was very surprised <laughs> about that one. We, we didn't listen. We didn't listen yet. That should be a good listen. Yeah, I was, it's probably the only time in my life, because I've, just like you, David, you know, I've interviewed hundreds upon hundreds of bands over the years, and uh, The Cure have been a lifelong favorite of mine for nearly 30 years now, so interviewing Robert Smith and uh, the majority of the band, because I had a, the, it was headonthecure.net radio show, so it was all Cure all the time, 24 hours a day, you could tune in. <laughs> the Rare Cure concerts being broadcasted. I interviewed pretty much every member of the Cure past and present at that particular period of time, and it was just really cool to, to get to do that. And uh, even the official website had the mm-hmm. radio station as the main link on their front page. So. Here's one, too, that Miss Dee would really be interested in. Uh, when we met in Annapolis, you were telling me about Stabbing Westward. Oh, yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah, I still have that. I know I still have that interview. Ooh, that wow. I'd like to yeah, hear that it. Was, that was a great one. Yeah, man, if we get a chance, we'd love to replay it for you, or you should replay it yourself. Oh, yeah. We're yeah, huge fans. Definitely. Right, Miss T? Oh, my absolutely. God, I almost took it on my taste, but uh, <laughs> thanks. I appreciate that, Emmy. But, uh, yeah, they were excellent. In fact, was that... I was so pissed off. Are you having because, cat and... trouble? <laughs> What's that? What, what just stepped on your face? My well... damn dog. It oh. actually <laughs> under my feet, so I get up to walk, and it's like I nearly trip on my face, so that, that was almost terrible. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, Stabbing Westward, I love them, and very awesome guys. In fact, I was so pissed off, uh, pardon the swear there, uh, but I normally give a t-shirt, because I silk screen, so I normally would silk screen a Golgotha t-shirt for every band that I interviewed, and would give them a t-shirt upon meeting them. And uh, I remember when I interviewed Stabbing Westward, Chris and I 
before the show, like running all over Pittsburgh, because he wanted to find the most prime location to do the interview. And we found some cemetery that we had to jump this giant brick wall to get over. And we jumped the brick wall and sat in the middle of the cemetery and conducted the interview, which was really awesome. And uh, I didn't have a shirt on me that day. And I, I told him that I, I apologized for not having a shirt on me. And he's like, man, that's too bad, because we're going to be on 120 minutes tomorrow. Oh, night of the pre- no. The, uh, away. He's like, I would have worn your shirt on 120. Oh, and I'm like, oh, that sucks. And then we started talking, and he found out that I played keyboard. And he's like, man, I wish I would have known that sooner. He's like, if I would have known that before soundcheck, I would have had you come up, because during the show, we would have had you come on stage with us. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm oh, like, oh. <laughs> oh, I was kicking myself. Oh. We all have those moments. We all have those moments. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, so great guys. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you uh, getting me involved with the Blood on the Reel as well. To give not only a filmmaker's perspective, but also those who choose to dedicate their life to helping promote uh, these particular filmmakers and independent musicians. You know, somebody like you that has a platform that lets us talk, very seldom uh, does somebody else give you the opportunity to speak your mind. Appreciate that. So I wanted to be able to extend that courtesy to you and uh, let you explain to the world why you feel it's valuable to get us out there, you know, when, uh, you know, the majority of the, the mainstream, you know, turns their backs on us and, and doesn't really think too much outside of what Hollywood's doing, so. Certainly, certainly. Absolutely. Well, it, I really enjoyed the experience, and I look forward to the film. And um, I don't know, uh, Misty, do you have any questions I, I, here? Is she, yeah, <laughs> she, she's like, she's she's being shy. Um, <laughs> that never happens. That never you happens. know that never happens. <laughs> All right, well, what, what else you got well, for I us? I do have uh, some breaking news that I guess we should probably uh, throw up on your fans and your listeners. I haven't said a word about it yet. Not well, on here, anyway. <laughs> yes, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, for all of those listening, David and I will be working together some more after uh, Blood on the Real has been completed. Uh, I had the recent pleasure of getting familiar with his books and found out that he is an extremely talented writer. Thank you. Um, well, you're welcome, man. It's, uh, seriously, it takes a lot for me to be moved. Um, you know, half the time as a filmmaker, I have people sending me unsolicited scripts left and right. I get through a paragraph, and I'm like, this is garbage, and I can't continue to read it, you know, and I just, you know. You, you expected, you actually said you expected that from me, too. You're like, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> I did. I was, I was brutally honest with you. Yep. I thought, you know, David and I have been friends for years, and love the guy to death, but um, <laughs> I really thought that, I thought it would be okay. I literally thought your writing would be mediocre. I figured, well, he got it published, so it must be, somewhat decent, but I wasn't really expecting to be blown away by it. And then um, you were kind enough to give me a sneak peek of ribbons before I actually obtained your books. I played dirty. That's and, that's, that's a nasty little story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, but yeah, the one thing that I loved about it is you touch it, and I don't want to spoil it for those who have not read the story, uh, but our minds really think the same and you and I have a lot of the same interests and uh, sick morbid curiosities mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm reading <laughs> that's a way I'm of like, putting it <laughs> she's, she's totally agreeing with you right now yeah 
I'm like, I know, I, and that, that was dying to ask you. I don't know. Can I mention the disease, which is kind of... I don't see why not. We didn't say the book okay. yet, but, um, yeah, Dwelling in the Dark is where you'll find ribbons. But, um, yeah, you... Actually, without giving too much away, ribbons is loosely based on Morgellons disease, mm-hmm. uh, which, if you're not familiar with the disease, and both darn except for weirdos like us. Um, <laughs> look it up. It's a really fascinating and uh, a disease of quite some debate, too, yes. uh, in the medical world. And when I saw that you were speaking about that in the story, I just thought, man, this is excellent, and I couldn't wait to get through it. And then you drove up from Pittsburgh to Maryland to, you know, come up here to do Blood on the Real segment, and you were kind enough to give me your books, and I started reading a few more. Uh, I went camping in West Virginia, and I took those with me. And uh, the more I read them, I'm just like, this is fantastic. So I know I'm really delaying the announcement here. Uh, <laughs> I thought that it would be a fantastic idea to, because Dagger Vision has never done a film, which I haven't written myself or uh, my previous partner, Brian Coddington. So we've never gone outside the immediate family for scripts and story ideas. And upon reading your stories, I just thought that they were perfect. They moved me uh, in such a manner that I visually could see everything that your mind was twisting and turning. I'm so and sorry. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, sadly, it was like looking in the mirror. So it wasn't, it wasn't that. Um, but I decided that, you know, these, these would make a great trilogy. So without further ado... David and myself are going to be working on a trilogy, which I am uh, letting David be, uh, obviously, the, he's the script consultant, it's the author of these stories, um, you know, associate producer, and I'm leaving it up to him to deem the title for this uh, trilogy, which I think is probably a still, still work in progress, but there you have it. Chills. Very exciting. It's very, very exciting. exciting. I've got chills. I've known for a while, but it's still, it's new every time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm excited about it. I think that this is going to be very, uh, well, the thing about it is, too, is that it, it needs to be executed properly, and we've chosen three to possibly four stories uh, in his book in which we could properly execute on a little budget. Um, he has a great uh, short story called The Advent of Autumn, which I love. Uh, but there's a creature called Nasher, which you might want to elaborate a little further on. But uh, <laughs> yeah. if we can properly execute him, I would love, love to, to do that. Uh, but it's just a matter of uh, making – because so far in my young filmmaking career, I have never once made a film. Like, although I'm proud that Sam Hain, you know, won the short film fest, uh, one of the highlights of my career, I have still yet – made a movie, because we did that before we were even officially a production company. I have yet to make a film which, if I were to die tomorrow, I could be on my deathbed and look back and say, at least I made that one film that I can take to my grave that I am proud of. And uh, that's what I want to do with this trilogy. We thought that this to be the defining film that really, you know, no offense to Born on the Real, it's a documentary, so it's you know, it's not a feature film. Um, so although it's getting great reviews and it's an awesome film, I want to be able to do a feature film uh, that I can take to my grave. That, you know, like, that's the definitive film in my collection. Well, I appreciate that, man. That's that's how I feel about the books. I want to leave my mark, you know? Yeah. 
No, but no, I really appreciate the opportunity. I look forward to it. It's going to be a blast. Um, it's going to be a lot of work. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, it, we, we did narrow it down to four stories, but it's going to be difficult. Yeah, um, and, I, and what are the four? Can you, can um, you say what four? Well, because I've read them all, obviously. Between the two of us, <laughs> I know ribbons is like number one, right? And that is the deeper. He likes deeper. Deeper. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Deeper based on the uh, kind of a true story that happened in Pittsburgh with a sinkhole. Horrific. Of course, I twisted it quite a bit. And what was the other two? You you like Advent, of course. Possibly Advent of all if we can find a way to successfully create Nasher. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of a tough one. That is a tough one. And dealing with kids, you're going to be dealing with uh, little kids, and you said that they're they're hard to deal with <laughs> acting wise. I want it to be a coming of age horror story, yeah. like a demented lean on me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Because David and I had actually talked a little bit about that. He thought, well, you know, the save, and he was kind enough to be thinking of me and the anxiety that I would be put through working with children again. <laughs> um, he thought maybe we should make them teen. Um, and I was like, yeah, I want to stay true to your story as possible. And I really think that coming to age children movies, uh, have almost become a lost art. We don't really see those a yeah. lot. That's very today. true. And, uh, to be able to do that, you know, with Advent of Autumn, I feel would be just, you know, it's appropriate. And if we can't do it right, I'd rather not do it. Right. Um, I don't want to fall into the pitfalls of Stephen King films. Right. Well, um, it is. I mean, it, this is where it is different from it. Uh, these kids decide that they're going to uh, try to befriend the monster. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't even want to give away what it is. So, yeah, we have a little guest in the uh, studio right now. My, my dog decided to bring in one of her toys, and she's playing. No, it's one of your toys. Yeah, I'm going to go I, get I know, that right now. Yeah. The other one is residual. I just didn't want to forget it real quick. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's a piece. That's one that's, that's extremely dramatic. Um, I don't know what else to say. You're definitely going to leave the audience, uh, well, with something to think about. Hey, well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate, geez, I mean, everything. There's not much I can say. I'm kind of speechless right now on my own radio show. It doesn't which is, happen often. It's ridiculous, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, well, we got more coming up, and um, definitely we'll have you on again with another update. And uh, keep us, yeah, yeah, let us know. Uh, Blood on the Real release date. And uh, right now you should just tell people again where to find you. Yeah, you can find me, uh, Blood on the Real. forward to that cannot wait thanks again for coming on and we'll talk again thank soon thank you for having me all right thank you. ladies and gentlemen Johnny take Daggers. care <laughs> as always thank you for listening folks folks friends and fiends folks i like folks find me at fairly dark on twitter miss d you can find her at miss d5 please uh check out fairly dark productions.com for the fall of tomorrow the first book Dwelling in the Dark is a new one. There's stuff happening, folks. I'm excited. Um, I will not disappoint you if you're a horror fan. And uh, hit me up on Facebook, okay? Hey, thanks for listening.
Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.